Welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And in this podcast, we want to continue our exploration of Psalm 69. In our last podcast, we briefly talked upon the text of Psalm 69. But in this podcast, we want to emphasize the New Testament use of Psalm 69, and we want to see how Jesus is the fulfillment of this psalm. Psalm 69 is one of the most frequently quoted of the psalms in the New Testament. In Psalm 69, verse 4, the text describes those who hated me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. Psalm 69, verse 4. Jesus, in John 15, verse 25, talks about those who hated him without a cause. Now, in fairness, this is not the only psalm that uses that language. Psalm 35, verse 19, uses the same language. And Jesus may be alluding both to Psalm 35 and Psalm 69 in that statement in John 15 and verse 25. Also, in Psalm 69, verse 9, zeal for your house has consumed me. The first part of Psalm 69, verse 9, is quoted in John 2, in verse 17, as the Bible is describing Jesus' cleansing of the temple. When the Bible describes his cleansing of the temple, it describes how his disciples remembered the statement, that zeal for your house has consumed me. But also the last part of Psalm 69, 9 is quoted in the New Testament. The reproaches of those who reproached you have fallen on me. That's from Romans 15 and verse 3. Romans 15 verse 3 quotes from Psalm 69 and verse 9, the second part. In context, Paul is talking about how we need to be willing to sacrifice our liberties and forgo our opportunities to indulge ourselves in order to win others. If eating meat makes my brother stumble, I won't eat meat as long as the world stands. And Christ lived that way. He sought not to please himself, but to please God and to help others be saved. And he endured the same kind of mistreatment that was directed toward God. The reproaches of those who reproached you has fallen on me. Christ didn't please himself, but Christ served God and experienced the reproaches that were that people intended for God. In verse 21 of Psalm 69, the text tells us, They gave me food, gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar. Now, that passage is not specifically quoted in those words in the New Testament. But we do find Jesus cries out in John 19, verse 28, I am thirsty. When he cries out, I am thirsty, the Bible tells him that they gave him sour wine uh, there and a sponge of sour wine and a branch 
of hyssop. And then Jesus cries, it is finished. Is this the fulfillment of the statement that they give him this sour wine, this vinegar wine to drink while he is dying upon the cross? It's specifically said there in John 19, verses 28 through 30, that this fulfills the scripture. And was this the scripture that was being fulfilled? You also may notice that the language of verses 22 and 23, the imprecatory statement of the Psalms, may their table before them become a snare, and when they are in peace, may it become a trap. That statement is quoted in Romans 11, verses 8 through 10. In Romans 11, the context is to describe how Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. But the question is asked, if Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, how I have so many Jews rejected him? And Paul deals with that problem in Romans 9 through Romans 11. In Romans 11, 8 through 10, just quotes this verse to describe those who have rejected the message of Jesus. Verse 25, may their count be desolate and may none dwell therein. In Acts 1 verse 20, Peter quotes this when talking about the apostle Judas. So Jesus frequently, and the New Testament writers frequently quote these verses and apply them to Jesus and apply passages about the enemies of this innocent sufferer to the enemies of Jesus. Now, what are we going to do with this particular text? Obviously, unquestionably, Psalm 69 finds fulfillment in Jesus. But is Jesus the only fulfillment of Psalm 69? Is this speaking exclusively of Jesus and his experiences? Is this simply David writing a prophecy of Jesus? Well, there are a couple of problems with that. Most notably, a difficulty with that is verse 5. In verse 5, O God, it is you who knows my folly, and my wrongs are not hidden from you. It's you who knows my folly, and my wrongs are not hidden. Did Jesus ever speak that way? Did Jesus ever describe his folly? Did Jesus ever speak in this kind of way? No. Jesus didn't speak of his wrongs. He didn't speak of his foolishness. Obviously, this psalm identified as a psalm of David in the heading is pouring out David's heart and David's emotions. And though David is innocent of what he has been accused of, and he's forced to repay what he didn't steal in verse 4, still David is also guilty of sin, and God's well aware of that. Verse 5 could not be uttered of Jesus, the Messiah. And verses 22 through 28 are an imprecatory section of this psalm where the psalmist calls down judgment upon his enemies. Now, we have defended those prayers before. 
If you do not remember that or were not listening to the podcast at the time, we did three broadcasts or three podcasts on Psalm 35. And one of them deals with this question, can imprecatory prayers be prayed today? Now, I believe what I said then is still true. I believe there's a place for such prayers. But we have to see that Jesus on the cross did not utter them. Jesus on the cross prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In Luke 23, verse 34, as legitimate as these prayers for judgment may be, Jesus uttered a prayer begging God's mercy upon those who crucified him. So what we're seeing about Psalm 69 is that Psalm 69 refers to Jesus, but it doesn't refer to Jesus exclusively. That what Psalm 69 does is David is pouring out his grief and pouring out his pain and throwing himself upon the mercy of God and begging for deliverance from his dilemma, from his distress. He's pouring out these words, but in God's providence, the words of David, the innocent sufferer, foreshadow a greater innocent sufferer in Jesus. Jesus has those who hate him without cause. Zeal for God's house consumes him. The reproaches of those who reproach God have fallen on Christ. And while he cries, I thirst, he's given vinegar to drink. Jesus fulfills Psalm 69. And ultimately, those who reject him experience the curses of Psalm 69, verses 22 through 28. Judas, who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver in Matthew 27, Judas has this curse in verse 25 pronounced against him. And the words of verse 22 and 23 are applied to those who rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus fulfills these words. Understanding that, I think the New Testament gives us a way of looking at Psalm 69 that allows us to look at other passages that have not been specifically quoted. Let's go back to verse 4. Verse 4 says, Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. Now, we've already emphasized that phrase, they hated me without a cause. But notice the emphasis that they are more than the hairs of my head. Remember the multitude that had come to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover was stirred up against Christ. And they shout, crucify, crucify him. Pilate is afraid that a riot is going to start among the people. The crowds, the multitudes are shouting this. Those who hate him are more than the hairs of his head. And those who hate him are powerful people. 
It was the most powerful people in all the land that were arrayed against Jesus, the chief priests and the elders and scribes who rejected him according to Matthew 16, 21 and Matthew 27 and verse 41. Not only those powerful people, but powerful rulers like Herod, Herod Antipas and and the Roman governor Pilate, all of them have a part in the rejection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus fulfills Psalm 69 verse 4 in multiple ways. The text emphasizes they hate him without a cause. They're more than the hairs of his head and his enemies are powerful. They're powerful. The statement in verse 20 Reproach has broken my heart, and I am so sick. I looked for sympathy, but there was none, and for comforters, but there was none. Remember in Matthew 26 and verses 36 through 46 that Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and as he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, as he goes in that garden, He tells his disciples that he is deeply troubled. He brings Peter, James, and John to a position closer to him. But all the disciples fall asleep. There was none to comfort Jesus in his hour of greatest distress. There was none to comfort. When the meek and lowly There was no hand to comfort. There was no one to provide aid when the meek and lowly humbly bowed in prayer. Jesus fulfills the words of Psalm 69, words other than simply the suffering that are quoted specifically in the New Testament. But I would also say that Jesus fulfills the words here that are addressed to God. In verse 18, O draw near to my soul and redeem it. Ransom me because of my enemies. Words like redeem and ransom are used, the words used in the Greek translation are are words that are used to describe Jesus' activity in verses like Ephesians 1 in verse 7 and Colossians 1 in verses 13 and 14. Jesus redeems. Jesus is not only the innocent sufferer who is crying out to God in the time of crisis, but Jesus is also the God who can redeem. And the very fact that this chapter ends on a note, this psalm ends on a note of praise foreshadows the resurrection of Jesus. Psalm 69, a beautiful psalm, a powerful psalm, a psalm that is fulfilled in Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you.